Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour, the only show on the internet that is filmed both in a kitchen, a car, and I assume Jordan's study. I'm Sebastian. I'm Andrew, and I'm in the car. I guess that just leaves me coming from the study. I'm Jordan. We did it. We've hit the three pillars of a of how a studio works. Andrew, I should clarify, you're not driving though, right? I assumed you were. I'm not driving. Okay, good. Course, I'm not driving. I'm just out of the house because I've got a couple of puppies at home that, if they heard my voice, they would be barking and scratching at the door, and it wouldn't be pleasant for anybody. Yeah, and I know as crazy as it does sound, I will say if anyone listening is like a, a hopeful up and comer who wants to start podcasting, legitimately starting in your car, don't drive, just like in the actual car is really good for acoustics. Like I know Andrew probably doesn't sound as crisp as normal because he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the microphone. He's doing it, you know, we're on pandemic mode. Everyone's got makeshift, whatever. But legitimately inside of a car is a fucking fantastic place because, well, honestly, it's designed so you can hear all your wonderful music playing and it kind of captures the same thing in regards to recording. So there's a fresh tip for you. Also, don't start a podcast. There's 10 billion podcasts right now. <laughs> Um, or at least go for a review one. There, there are only a few of those. Oh, which ones are? At least if you're going to start a podcast, go with a film review. Oh, yeah, that's so own. rare. Few and far between. God. No competition whatsoever. Absolutely not. <laughs> Every now and then I think, is this the year I start like a wrestling review podcast? And I remember it's the same <laughs> trap I fell into with the film review podcast. There's too many of them, Seb, stop. But it's too late. Four years there is in. A- <laughs> I don't know, Seb. I think exactly what the world needs is another podcast of uh, all white males in their uh, mid to late 20s and how they feel about professional wrestling, personally. Jordan, I don't think there's enough of them. I really honestly want to start the podcast, but I can't because I'm so... <laughs> I, oh, I'd, be, I'd need to have some sort of wild twist on it, like much like the yeah, wild that twist. Yeah, that'd need to be a bit. Yeah, maybe we do the entire episode in in character as another wrestler. No, that's terrible. Skip that. <laughs> um, so wild twists aside, no, not aside, wild twists to the forefront. We're continuing the wild twist on the variety hour format while we are going through the second half of the bottom 100 list on IMDb. So last week you would have heard number 100 through to 51 and we're doing 50 through to number one today. Um, that's, that feels like a, a nice way of explaining that. What do you reckon? Did I skip it? <laughs> Did I miss anything? I think you've hit. I think you've hit all the main points. 
concise. You know how we when we we do our recording. Okay, we meet fortnightly. We do four episodes. You know, regular review, variety hour, repeat at once. We are three episodes in, and I'm four cans of Mountain Dew into this as well. This is a wild time <laughs> for me at the moment. Um, I can't. I don't know what's happening to my life right now. This whole pandemic thing has wrecked me as a human being. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, what, 2.47 on an afternoon and I'm on my second hard seltzer, which is not something I normally do. So I think quarantines are being hard on all of us, I think. I've got to drive after this, so I would have cracked out those sugar-free UDLs. And I'm not joking, I've got a fridge full of <laughs> sugar-free UDLs. And I've been, every Saturday <laughs> night, I play D&D with some people and I go through a six-pack and just, I've got some left. Because <laughs> once again... Good old UDLs. Yeah, it's actually delicious. It's strawberry and lime, and they're actually oh, they pretty good. Like they're very easy to drink. Like a child could actually drink them. That's how dangerous they are. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, what are you? What are you, Andrew? Are you? Oh no, you're in a car. Of course, you're not drinking. In the car. <laughs> I've got my thermos of coffee and a and a Powerade as well. So wait. So I'm doing. I'm doing very well. So you're, I guess you're the it's healthiest of us all <laughs> with your like adult beverage, you're like your coffee and your 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 electrolyte replacement because the dehydration the caffeine will cause. Jordan's booze. No, 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 mine's like it's like eighty percent sparkling water, so I, I assume it's healthy. Well, that's that's at least seventy percent actual water. 85, 85 calories per can. No sugar. No artificial sweeteners. I'm, I'm the picture of health. I should say I am drinking <laughs> sugar free. <laughs> It may be better for the liver, but I'm pretty sure without alcohol, I'm going to struggle getting through this list much more than you gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Let's start. So, timing it at number 50, we have a film that I think kind of I was meant to have watched in my life, but I never did. Um, Three Ninjas, High Noon, Mega Mountain. So, are you guys familiar with I know for sure that I've seen this, but probably not in about 20 years. I've definitely seen seen it when I was younger. Um, well, I liked The Three Ninjas just as uh, as a movie um, batch when I was a kid, but the uh, main character in this film is also one Hulk Hogan. Yep, playing a villain, much like his real-life persona of Hulk Hogan, the, <laughs> the villain. <laughs> I don't see him chasing off any minorities in this one, though, so he might be a bit more laxed, but yeah. Um, Possibly. The, the plot here is three young boys, Rocky, Colt, and Tum-Tum. Can we just stop them stopping instantly? How did the first two get really badass names? I'm Rocky. I'm Colt. I'm Tum-Tum. That feels, that feels wrong, doesn't it? Like, who's Tum-Tum? Maybe a little. Is that racist? Is he? Give me a minute. Who plays Tum-Tum? It's instantly derailed me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Tum-Tum is the only actor in this film without a, without a picture on his IMDb. Mm. Well, there you go. I was going to see if he was like, is he like a bit chubby? Is that why they call him Tum Tum? I don't know. All right. No, like all those kids were skinny from memory. I thought so too, but he that was, was Tum Tum. That's just his name. So, okay. Three young boys, Colt and Tum Bomb, together with their neighbor with their neighbor girl, computer whiz Amanda, are visiting Mega Mountain Amusement Park, where it is invaded by an army of ninjas led by the evil Medusa, who wants to take over the park and hold the owners for ransom. Kids and retired TV star Dave Dragon, who made his farewell appearance in the park at the time the ninjas appeared, have to break Medusa's vicious plans. He's not the villain. No, no. He's the um yeah he's like the good guy he helps out the uh, the three ninjas because he's like a 
played like a hero on TV and like he's just there at the time because I don't know, he's doing like an appearance or something. The um, villain, I'm pretty sure, is a, a bunch of ninjas, if I'm not mistaken. He's on the poster, literally, like the kids are down the bottom doing their karate poses, and he's like ripping the poster from the top, and he, he's like, obviously, he's giant. Well, yeah, of course, dude. Like, Hulk Hogan's going over the poster, duh. I know, but he looks, <laughs> that's terrible. He looks like a villain in the poster. I just assumed without seeing it, he was the bad guy because he's in the bad guy he position. He kind of does, yeah. Oh, I can see how you would uh, how you would read it that way, but um, this is pre nineteen ninety six, so Hulk Hogan is not a villain, I'm afraid. Andrew, have you seen this one? Actually, no, I've it from this is from like ninety eight. I've never even heard of it. It's not familiar at all, and I want to say I don't watch bad movies as the reason. <laughs> and I've just scrolled up through the rest of the fifty, and my God, I've seen many more of them than I wish I had. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to rant, Andrew. But for the record, number 99 on this list was the Street Fighter movie. What a crock of shit that is, right? I loved it. Right. I, I loved it. I think as far as I'm aware, I, I even came up with original evidence for why, um, for why, what's his name? Uh, not Zangief. Bison. Bison. Bison uh, is reliving, reliving the the. Oh, that's right. You know, resetting, resetting at the end of each each loss, and you know, manipulating the situation so that he can win the day. It's, he's found a way to go back in time. It's in as our far lost. As I'm aware, I'm, yeah, I was saying, it's in our lost episode well, that we're still waiting to get back from the convention company because we did the live show. But Andrew <laughs> pitched effectively that the villain of this movie is in a live-die-repeat scenario, but we're not privy to it, but there's all this evidence that he, he knows things that are coming. So Andrew made this wonderful pitch, and it's just like we haven't gotten it back yet, so no one's been able to hear it yet, or nobody apart from the audience has been able to hear it yet. We never released that? I, we didn't get to keep the recording. The events kept the recording, and they said they give it to us in two or three months' time, and that was last year, I think, so... I think there needs to be some chasing up of that. Fine, that I'll do episode. it. It was a good episode. I'll, I'll chase it up. But it's just like, yeah, Andrew's <laughs> got this wonderful fit, this theory, but no one's fucking heard it. <laughs> oh, well. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So who wants to take the next one? Um, I will. The next one is number 49, is The Open House, which I've meant to watch the it's a Netflix, Netflix movie, movie that's been out for a little while. Yeah. I looked it up. The trailer looked like it was pretty interesting, and I'm now pulling it up on IMDb where it has a 3.2 out of 10 rating. So I think I'll uh, probably still probably still going to watch it. I'll have to see if it's really that bad. Especially from what I remember from the trailers of um, yeah, these guys go into a house, they buy it, and the idea is that somebody has come in. I believe quote during the open house when it was thing being sold and like secretly moved into it and they don't realize till after mm. they moved into the house there is an extra occupant which is a yeah, cool enough idea but it's yeah i'm surprised it's so low because it's got um what's his face in it uh miles teller isn't it is that not miles teller so, yeah so, well, maybe it, isn't it definitely here. looks familiar let me have a look that's not miles teller at all <laughs> ignore me it just looks like him it's oh, no, it <laughs> I don't know who that is then. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay. He's on like a bunch of like Netflix and like teen shows. Isn't that um 
13 Reasons Why, I think. He's like one of the leads in that. I've never seen it, but yeah. I know I know of it though, yeah. Just looking at the cover art and kind of hearing that premise, it's got a bit of a creep feel about it. Mm, that's a really good movie. Yeah, Creep's good. Creep is very good. Yeah. I was even thinking more of... um. Oh. Uh, the Disturbia movie, the one that was like a redo of Rear Window. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I remember liking that movie. The one with um with the beef. No, I actually really liked it. I thought it was really well done. But yeah, I mean, fortunately, it has the comparison of going up against Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, which is better. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> obviously better, but this doesn't mean this movie was bad. It just wasn't that Alfred Hitchcock movie. Um, God, the next one on the list though is a bit of a a bit of a blind side for me. Andrew, are you familiar with this one? I actually am. Can you I've please got, go into it I've then? Fond memories of this uh, of this one. It's Barbed Wire, which is the Pam Anderson live action stripperella uh, uh, film. Oh, is um, that what that is? Anybody who does well, I mean, it's not the stripperella character, but essentially it is basically the same thing. Okay. Yeah, it's Pam Anderson being a being a hard ass, tough bitch, and it's it's fine. It's very kitschy, from what I remember. Um, the premise is that during the second American Civil War of 2017, we all remember that. Yep. Uh, Bob Wire owns a nightclub called the Hammerhead, and things become complicated when her ex-lover Axel Hood, who is married to a fugitive, Karina Devonshire, re-enters her life. I can tell you nothing about the film from memory other than Pam Anderson is in it. Okay. Literally never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> but have you heard of the Stripperella... Cartoon. I have, yeah, I've seen that. Fucking Stan that Lee was in that, guys. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a, um, it was a, a Marvel offshoot. I think he was, he yeah. was heavily involved in the, in the such yeah. Which is crazy, but hilarious. Also, I mean, I guess everyone gets into that dirty old man face at some point, and he, <laughs> he did it before the Marvel like MCU movies came out. So at least he got it out of the way in such a way that they didn't blackball him from the rest of everything else. Um, <laughs> God, Stripperella is Stripperella is quite funny because it's it's very self aware and Barb Wire kind of yeah. does tongue in cheek as well. Yeah. Okay. So next on the list we have Daddy Day Camp. So this is an offshoot from the Daddy Daycare movies. Um, this mm. one stars that I haven't seen. I've seen. I'm fairly sure I've seen Daddy Daycare, but I've not seen this. So is I... Daddy Daycare any movie? Yeah. Yes. So this stars Cuba Gooding I, Jr. I instead of Eddie Murphy. I don't know whether he plays the same character and they've recast or if it's a separate thing because this is like a straight-to-DVD knockoff. Not, not knockoff, but, you know, straight-to-DVD com- uh, continuation. But what I will say, interesting fact about this Daddy Day Camp movie. Andrew, um, I, I want to hear your shock out loud when you reveal it to yourself, but do you, do you happen to see who directed it? No, Fred, I haven't looked at it. Fred Savage. No, really? Yes. <laughs> And it's the, it's the same Fred Savage. I checked just to make sure it wasn't like a common name that isn't like SGA credited or whatever. It's the Fred Savage. Oh, oh Fred Savage. Oh. <laughs> it's genuinely disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> um, the next move. I, I mean, we got this. There is some absolute trash in the in this in these lists. Um, do we really want to talk about the Bratz film though? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs> Um, oh my god! What after that? I guess after that we've just got two more entries of those just terrible offshoot parody films. 
Vampires Suck and the Starving Games. So the Vampire Suck is um, a direct Twilight ripoff, I think was the gimmick for that one. Yeah. Um, which I've also seen because I remember laughing because the guy that plays the dad is um, Diedrich Bader. He plays um, the, the the main's father. And I remember him actually being quite funny in it, but that's because Diedrich Bader oh, is hilarious. Right. You guys are familiar with well, Diedrich, got, right? That's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from the Drew Carey show yeah. and all sorts of other things. Good. He was, he was that guy, that guy in the uh, office space who, um, you know, works outside and fucking A. Mm. That guy. Yep. He's, he's quite funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. funny. Like Jordan was saying, then we have The Starving Games, which are, let's just assume is Hunger Games without even reading it. Yep, cool. Of course it is. Yep. <laughs> they're written, they're, those two are written by the same guys who did like date movie and yes. epic movie. And, yeah. And, um, and I think I they were so, anyway. I know there's like a few different groups that are like kind of just pump those movies out. Yeah. We did um, a, a review not that long ago of, it wasn't a scary movie. It was the other one. Shriek, if you know what I did last year. Yeah, movie. Shriek, if you know what I did. Shriek. Yeah. I remember These that. guys were behind Shriek as well. Yes. Shriek was good. I like Shriek. But um, I will say DJ yeah. Bader is also in the Starving Games. So, and I don't remember him. I have seen this film and I don't remember him. He plays Stanley Tucci's role from, as, as, as the weird reporter guy. It says he? he was the president in the credits here. I don't know. I mean, fuck who knows. Oh, okay. President Snowballs, oh, okay. it says. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. But I enjoyed the Starving Games. I remember watching that. It's, yeah, it's quite funny. So this next one. <laughs> Might though, have to give it a chance. Do not. It's do stupid, not but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to you don't get to get angry at us for putting fucking MacGruber on the list and then go watch the starving <laughs> games. <laughs> That's the two things you oh, can't look, do. I, I know I know Andrew's a, a man of taste, so if you got a bit of a bit of enjoyment out of it, I feel like maybe it'll be possible. So this next film is interesting, okay? <laughs> um it's called Sl- the Slender Man. Um, I'm assuming just by mm-hmm. you know being alive on the internet, you'd be aware of this one by by at least name or anything? Yeah. So the Slender Man property was a was a creepy pastor to start with. It then yeah. well, it then kind of came to prominence because in twenty twelve um, Slender Man eight pages came out and that was a, a the, the original like survival horror sort of situation with the Slender Man character. And that got picked up by a lot of gamer YouTubers and stuff and really through this character to the forefront of internet pop, you know, pop culture in that sense. So naturally, six years after that, we get the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, you know, both 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 fingers on the pulse of society, and they realize this property that no one's spoken about for the past four years, it's time. Um yep. this was unfortunately kind of a terrible situation for this film because it actually came out just after um, a string of real life murders that yeah, that's um, right. the people that had committed them had cited Slenderman as like inspiration, or they I can't remember the exact story, but Slenderman was yeah, like it was they were yeah, it was like literally based around like Slenderman because like somehow all these years later these children had found Slenderman like however many years after its peak, yes. <laughs> it was like yeah, like all about it, yeah, so. So that wasn't just a big promotional gimmick, like uh, no, that was like a, a real thing. 
No, yeah, pretty, they, um, yeah. pretty good documentary about it. I think maybe through like HBO. I think maybe did it. There's, um, yeah, pretty, um, pretty full on. So this film got massively reshot when they realized because it's it's, it's unfortunately the Slender Man character, while he's a physical supernatural being, part of his mo is he makes people go insane and kill people or kill themselves, as well as the fact that he will abduct people. So there had to be a lot of redos in this film because they didn't want these younger characters killing people or killing themselves in such explicit ways, purely because of the real life murders that had also occurred. So the film got gutted last minute and then got re-censored on top of that because and it actually wasn't allowed to come out in certain areas in the US that were too physically, like geographically close to where the murders happened. And <clears throat> I'm not saying specifically that the movie would have been good without these changes, but any chance it had got issued this, you know, the second this all had gone down because they decided to go through yeah. it and still release it and they had to fuck around with it quite a lot. The movie itself's unjointed as fuck. It's it's confusing characters. It's one of those movies like 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 in the room where characters just appear out of nowhere and they act as though they've yeah. been there for the entire plot of the film, but it's not it's not done in a way like oh it's psychological and it's confusing. It's no like no they cut all this other person's scenes, but now they're important for this one scene, so they're here, but you don't know who they are. Like it's just a choppy mess. So that's an unfortunate one. The next one though, someone else can talk about. Uh, it doesn't have an excuse. It just exists, and that's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the emoji movie. Yeah, I've never seen it. Don't me either. I don't. I don't understand why it exists. But I've seen the review of it. In fact, a lot of these titles I know through either Nostalgia Critic or Red Letter Media. Yes, mm-hmm. reviews of them. Um, uh, but from what I from what I understand, it's a big pile of crap. And Patrick Stewart actually plays a pile of crap. And you know why he plays a pile of crap? <laughs> They can make a number two <laughs> reference. I'm not even joking. Uh, no, don't laugh. Don't you dare. No, no. I, I know. Oh. So. Well, that's right. It was good practice for Picard. No, Picard is, I mean, I know you don't like Picard. Let's, let's not do this again, guys. Come on. Picard belongs in a museum compared to this. <laughs> this is <bad. laughs> um, The next film is funny in a sense that it belongs to an exclusive club of people who one year won an Oscar and the next year won a Razzie or came close oh, to. Yes. So we've got Catwoman. Um, bear with me, sorry. Which obviously, yes, yeah, stars Halle Berry as a reimagining <laughs> of the Catwoman character from the Batman series, but with no attachment to Batman at all, which is actually not a problem. But they also turn her from a cat burglar into effectively a cat version of Spider-Man, like somebody that got powers from cats. And it's a fucking trip of a movie. Like, it's crazy. It's genuinely hilarious, though. Like, it's like if you watch it, get a couple of friends around, get some beers, get some sugar-free strawberry and lime UDLs, if you will, and you will have a blast watching this film. It's genuinely very funny. And the director has one name, Pitoff, P-I-T-O-F. You know it's good, but they have one name. Mm. Um, <laughs> is I, that a rule, is it? I'm making the rule, but Mick G is another really great director. Uh, yeah, yeah, one true. name. Um, I don't know whether it's on this list. The part of the other half of this club I'm referring to is the, oh God, what's his name? Sorry guys, I should have looked this up prior. He's the man that went on to do the shot for shot remake of Psycho. Does anyone know the name of the director I'm talking about? 
Um, no, no, I know you, the movie, but I couldn't tell you who made it. You guys, oh, so yeah, Andrew, you're aware of the Psycho remake? I no, that's that's news to me as well. So in 1998, the director Gus Van Sant, there we go, went and did a full, and I mean a full shot for shot remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho with very minor rewording of some lines to modernize it because it was actually set in 1998. It wasn't set in the 60s or whatever it was. But he did a shot-for-shot retelling of the same movie to see whether... He he says to see whether or not... um, Would it still be successful? Like, is... Because this is obviously a very successful film. If we copy and paste it in a modern take, is it just successful? Like, can you capture what made something great just by copying and pasting it? So, but the thing is he did that as a, with studio backing. This isn't just like him independently funding his experiment. Um, but he actually did it with like somebody else's money, which is hilarious. Um, but he had come from doing really good movies beforehand. He did um, Drugstore Cowboy. And then he went into Whoa. this. So it's like they got the same guy. Yes, drugstore cowboy. That's what so I'm like, Wow. Um, and how, Vin, how Vince, many checks did they write, hey? Yeah. And Vince Vaughn plays Norman Bates in it. Of course he does. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I don't think that's going to be on this list. I just so I don't want to get too sidetracked. It was it's just done for parody. Sorry, it's not done for parody. It's made completely straight. No, no, it's. It's completely earnestly done. And it is, like I said, I mean, shot for fucking shot, Andrew. It's wow. It's a 4.6 on IMDb. So it's probably honestly too highly rated to even be on this list because this list caps off at, yeah, fours. <laughs> um, but it's not even like it's bad. It's just fucking weird. Like, you, it's, just watch the, it's fine. Anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked. That was Catwoman. <laughs> That's what happens, Sam. You just you're itching to talk about better films. It's it's natural. Yeah, exactly. I'm only human. I can't do this. <laughs> oh, the I should say sorry. To make you angrier, so he actually did Goodwill Hunting, and then a short film, and then the Psycho remake in that order. So his last big film was Goodwill Hunting, and then the Psycho remake. <laughs> What a career path this man has. <laughs> like, it's actually a fucking, it's a wild ride because he's a good filmmaker. It's not even like he's like a one-hit wonder. It's not even like they did the fucking M. Night Shyamalan thing with him where, like, everyone assumed he was, like, this visionary and then he just copped out seven bad movies in a row and they're like, what happened? No, no, he's gone back and made really good movies since. It's just this one weird fucking blip on his, on his resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird idea and had it been a hit, we'd be talking about it in a completely different way. Yes, exactly. Okay, anyway, I'm done with that. Sorry. That that was that was officially Catwoman. <laughs> Sorry, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, next, number 40, we've got Steel. The uh, the Shaquille O'Neal Shaq or the other guy? This is Shaq, I believe. If it's well, a Steel, it's I think Shaq. it is. It is Shaq. In a sort of... I've never seen thing, But Steel, as far as I'm aware, was its own comic. And this was just an adaptation of that comic. So, and it wasn't very good. When Superman died in the comics, when Doomsday killed him, there were four or five characters that emerged as potential replacements for Superman. And one of them was like a cyborg. One of them was a clone. One of them was Superboy. I can't remember. There was another one. Who, who cares? Well, there's a bunch of replacements. And the idea was 
you people didn't know what was happening with Superman because there were all these very similar figures that had arrived. Steel was one of them. He's effectively a shitty Iron Man, like that kind of character, who made us a, a, a suit of steel and with some gadgets and stuff and would actually operate with the Superman logo and went around trying to save lives. And he was like, is he the new Superman now that Superman's gone? Like there were, and then obviously Superman came back, but that was, that's where that character comes from in DC comics. He was one of the five or so people that appeared after the death of Superman. That does not play into this movie. <laughs> I'm just saying that's where he comes from. That's his origin story, but they don't care about it in this movie. In this movie, he's like a weapons contractor. Kind of honestly, it is like a really he makes he makes weapons that don't hurt people, but they just like disable them, as in like from combat. So he is honestly kind of like a um Tony Stark with a conscience character in that sense. So that sounds like Inspector Gadget. Yes. Like he was developing stuff for the army, but like it's a taser that makes them drop their gun. And that's all it does. Like it just makes them non-combatants. It doesn't like, I say it disables them. He's not crippling people. He's just knocking them out stuff. Yeah. It's terrible. Well, what a <laughs> God, what's next though? Santa Claus conquers the Martian. 1964. Okay. Oh, I can't even begin to. Couldn't couldn't give you anything. <laughs> it sounds like a joke title. It does. It sounds like it should be hilarious, and it is a comedy at least. We should say it's, it's, it's listed as a comedy. Kidnap Santa Claus because there's no one on Mars to give their children presents. Oh, I, I'm, there you go. Yep. Next, <laughs> for the love of God, next. No, I don't reckon that's the cast at all. Well, this next one's a bit more prolific. People should know about this one. We have 2011's Jack and Jill. Oh. I uh, never saw it, but I heard nothing but awful things. I believe I've heard it, it credited for the death of um, Al Pacino's career, but I think that was dead prior. <laughs> I can't blame this movie on that. I think so. It's also Adam Sandler at his laziest. Mm. Really late. The next film on our list. I is, mean, Click. Oh, Click's good. Click's good by comparison, but Click is also a little bit lazy. Whereas this is really lazy. I've never even seen any of the grown ups films, but I imagine it's, it's the same for those. I would think so. Yeah. It's awful. We'll gloss over the next film because I don't think any of us have seen it. It's actually a Bollywood film called Gunday. Um,. I, I don't want to comment on it because I have absolutely no idea, but Bollywood brings out more films per year than Hollywood does. And the fact that I've seen one of their films on this list tells you that they're probably okay <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> um, Never seen it, but I have seen the next one. Yep, he's back. Number 35, Kazam. Shaq uh, is back as a, as a genie. And that's it. I, I remember this as the American version of Bernard and the Genie. What's that? Alan Cummings, Alan Cummings plays a guy who releases a Genie played by Lenny Henry. It's really sh ridiculously short. It's like a 65 or 70 minute film. <laughs> um, very low key, kind of funny, but yeah, not, not terribly memorable either. And this is just the American version of that. Also, it didn't go anywhere. In fact, it made it onto a bottom 100 list. So that's <laughs> All right. 
I think we've got another Bollywood film, Tease Ma Khan. I'm once again, I'll say let's we'll jump over this one, not to be disrespectful, but we can't really. I can't even speculate nope. much about Mega this nothing. one. Um, and then after that one, we have is it this? This can't be our first Nick Cage film, Jordan. Do you remember doing any other ones before? Now? <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, that the one with the no, not the bees that was in the top. Top 50 to 100 oh, somewhere, it? I think. Okay. Well, Wait, that was Wick- well done, Oh, yeah, Wicker Man. Wicker Man, yeah. yeah. Okay. That was in there, yeah. Okay, so for the record, people badmouth Nick Cage a lot, but he's got two films so far, and we're 70 films into this list. Like, it's not bad. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if he has the bottom 20, that's a problem. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, yeah, so Left Behind. A small group of survivors are left behind after millions of people suddenly vanish and the world is plunged into chaos and destruction. Oh, it's like a rapture movie, is it? Yeah, that's exactly. It's got Chad Michael Murray in it. He just sounds. Name like I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, I mean, he's not from a lot of good stuff, but I, I, I this is a recognizable name. But yeah, we can. Mm. Oh, wait, sorry, did we skip Rollerball? I think we did accidentally. I think we did, but that's fine. Yep, Rollerball was on there. It was thirty-seven, but now we're up to thirty-two. <laughs> uh, what's Rollerball? I've never heard of that. Um, sci-fi film. It's sort of like a sci-fi dystopian sort of thing, but it's so, mm. you know, like, um, what do you, like, if I wasn't mistaken, it was, I'm pretty sure like rollable or something similar to it. Like they tried to start it for real, like around the early 2000s as like a sport. Well, no, 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 is it this like a rip-off of the running game? Um, yeah, like I remember it, like the version from the movie though, or just like a oh, roller derby, um, just like regular roller, roller derby. derby. You've got yeah. like pads and stuff, and you do. Yeah, no, people. like yeah, yeah. But they like there was like a full blown, like pretty close to like how it's done in the movie here that I remember Jesus them like Christ. trying to kick off in the early two thousand. <laughs> that sounds like a McMahon version. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was on like maybe before or after like ECW, like maybe in like 2000 on like whatever network they were on. Yeah. I remember it getting mentioned like in, um, I remember it getting mentioned in the rise and fall of ECW documentary. Oh, I was like, Oh, they really did that. There you go. It's got some good actors in it. I will say okay. it's got Chris Klein, Jean Reno. And I mean, okay, that's where I'm going to stop with good actors, but it does also have <laughs> LL Cool J in it. It's got named actors. There you go. People that you would recognize from other things. Everybody has to start somewhere. Yep. Even LL Cool J. Uh, <laughs> anyone got uh, any thoughts on number 32, Troll 2? Well, this isn't the bad one from my memory. Isn't Troll 3 the bad one? I mean, like, this is the bad one. But I isn't... couldn't tell you. I've not seen any of them. No, I haven't even heard of the series. Oh, so this is a fun story. The Troll movies, at least, at least for two, there may have been a three. Now I'm second guessing myself because I would have thought that would be here. Um, what they were is... And this isn't the only reason they're terrible, but effectively it was a bunch, it was a couple of Italian filmmakers that came over and they, the script was written in Italian and then translated into English, but they didn't want anything to be changed directly for localization. And a sentence in Italian versus the same sentence in English grammatically are, uh-huh. are written differently. So they didn't want any changes. So this film, unfortunately, even though it has a full English speaking cast, also incorporates a lot of broken English because they wouldn't let the cast change the words. The, you know those directors? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's those directors that say, nope, I've written it. That's the way it's going to be done. This is not a place for collaboration. This is the dark side of that when you're not an auteur, when you're not a creation, uh, some sort of, sorry, you're not a visionary. This is the downside to that sort of direction. <laughs> I mean, running stuff through Google Translate and flipping between languages is fun as a joke, but you can't seriously do that and then use that as your script. Can't you? Can't you? <laughs> well, apparently, apparently you can, and that's what it, you end up at number 32 on a bottom 100 list. Yeah. Um, there, might, there mustn't be a Troll 3 because I can't see it. I thought there was, though, but now I'm... It might just maybe Troll Two is the bad one. Maybe I'm getting mixed up. Probably am. Chance Star, let me know. Um, continuing down the list, though, some one of you may have seen this before because I definitely haven't. Um, I have got a Human Centipede Three. Um, yeah, look, it's no better or worse than any of the other two. Uh, I mean, apparently it's worse, right? I, I guess <laughs> it's um based in like a, a prison and they do uh, they do indeed make the, the largest human centipede in, in known history <laughs> with oh. all the prisoners. Um, yeah, it's actually, no, it probably is a bit worse because like they take it from memory, like it's more of like the different like characters and stuff that are involved all kind of, there's just, they, they try to do more story than like the other two, which are pretty much just like gross out kind of things. It doesn't really work, but I mean, if you like if you like that franchise, like you'd probably like it, I guess. But yeah, not great. No, I wouldn't necessarily say it's any worse than the other ones, but the list says otherwise. Okay. Um. So with Blood Rain, we've got another appearance from our favorite video game movie maker, um, Ubol or Uve Bol, if you want to. I think it, it's it's German, so I think the W is a V. Is that right? Can someone speak up on that one? <laughs> Yeah, right. So Uwe Boll, <laughs> yep, perfect. I did it. I'm a man of the people, all the people. Um, so yeah, he famously, infamously, I guess, picks up video game properties that nobody wants to make movies of and makes movies of them and they're all bad. Like with very, very little, I would not I would say there's no exception. <laughs> they're all bad. Um, <laughs> well, this is him doing the um, Vampire Blood Rain um, series, which I think has a few entries yeah there's a few of them there um but the first one has a 2.9 out of 10 and that's as much as we can really say about that because the, the, the criticism for one of his movies is the criticism for all of his movies it's the same thing it looks like it was shot on ten dollars he hired people that can't act for the most part i mean jason statham was in one of his other movies but i mean that's debatable you could have that discussion as to whether or not you think he can or can't um but yeah they're not great <laughs> uh, next one on the list is Hobgoblins from 1988. I've never heard of it. I've seen that one. No, the director is Rick Sloan. And if I can just read out a few other titles from his repertoire uh, Vice Academy, parts one through six, uh, The Visitant, Blood Theatre, Marked for Murder. I mean, these aren't really good films. I mean, just from the the titles to sound like somebody was writing schlock. You know, he wasn't <laughs> even trying to make a good film. He was just prepared to make schlock. Yeah, I've and seen clips sounds- of this one on YouTube before. It's not good. 
is my nice, polite way of saying that. Um, <laughs> it's effectively like a meant to be a straight horror sort of redo of what the Gremlins could have been, maybe mixed with Critters. Oh, right. It's like to yeah. that extent, like right. this little mischievous whatever the fucks, you know, running around killing people. Um, the next film is called Ennis Batur. Ennis Batur has decided between going to college or being a professional YouTuber is the uh, is the point there. Um, okay. I don't know. Another Bollywood? Uh, it doesn't look like Bollywood. It looks like it's it's Turkish by the looks of no, it. Something European. Maybe. No, I don't know. IMDb makes it very difficult sometimes to find out the origin of a film in that sense. But um, the cast is... The uh, the top user review says if you want to see garbage, then you can watch. So I think that <laughs> maybe says it all. Yep. <laughs> oh, Ennis Patur has got a YouTube so. channel, and this channel has 10 million subscribers. So it's, I'm guessing it's actually made off, or it's based off a real YouTuber and not just a. Well, I mean, it stars a real YouTuber. Oh, of course it does. Huh. Let's find out. Yeah. This does not help me at all. Except, <laughs> oh God. He has a series of movies. And one of them looks oh. like a superhero movie named after himself. I'm I'm avoiding before that. I'm, this is too deep of a hole. Um, <laughs> so we got Jaws the Revenge at 27. So uh, this oh is God. the funny one that we've actually spoken <laughs> about before. This is the one with Michael yeah. Caine in it, I believe. Um, yeah, oh, the yeah. about this one is that Michael Caine, when asked about why he was in this film, he says of it, I've never seen it, but I looked at the house that it paid for. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I love yeah, this like film. It's, it's not good. I, I watched it again recently. It's great for like a laugh, but if you play it off as a, a serious movie, oh, good Lord. They, <laughs> they done did it. <laughs> this is the reason I love this, and I, I love it more as a concept than watching it, because watching it is difficult. But specifically, it's the <laughs> idea that they 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 pack up the family and they leave and the shark, even though they've left by plane, somehow follows them in the ocean to arrive yeah. at the island that they are holidaying on. And they, I think they go to like the Bahamas or something and it follows them all the way from... Yeah. Um, yeah it's- I can't remember what the channel is, but there's a, a YouTube video where someone's done like an, an edit to like kind of explain all the coincidences of like how the people get to where they are in the movie to be eaten by the shark. Like, being coerced there by the shark as a, as a great scene. Like one of the, um, like I think the first person that gets eaten, like it's, he's a police officer and there's a call placed to the police station to say there's like a, a boy or something that's like not floating or something along those lines. And they've done like an edit where it's like a shark at a payphone, like making that call to get them to come out. Jordan, I need <laughs> to see this. Honestly, the best thing ever. I'll see if I can find it and I'll Please. send you a link. Um, Skipping ahead, we got Who's Your Caddy, which I'm assuming is some sort of, weirdly enough, is this a Caddyshack Caddyshack parody? Do you parody comedy films now? I don't know. It might be nothing to do with it. It might just be a a, just a terrible title. But when when, when a rap mogul from Atlanta tries to join a conservative country club in the Carolinas, he has run into fierce opposition from board president, but nothing that he as an entourage, sorry, but it's nothing that he and his entourage can't handle. It stars. Um, hmm, okay, I don't recognize any of these people, but there is a character called. Sorry, there's an actor called Big Boy. B I G space B O I. Um, 
I, love it. I'm, I'm, try, I'm honestly trying to see if I recognize anyone because it's not an old film. It's 20, 2007. So, um, that is absolutely uh, a black remake of Caddyshack because of Caddyshack. I haven't seen Caddyshack either. I know of it. It's, it's in comedy gold museums all over the place. And the only snippets I've ever seen of it are Bill Murray being annoying in that Bill Murray way. He's funny otherwise, but sometimes he can be very annoying. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in, in Caddyshack, they deal with a, a brash new member as well. It does have on the cast list. So he's not on the front page of the IMDb thing, like so I can see him, but it does say at the top who it's starring. And it does mention Terry Crews, but he's not in any of the pictures and he's not on the initial cast list. So he might just cameo, but because he's one of the bigger names in it, it rises to the top of the list there, but I don't remember. Yeah, anyone. probably. Um, th- have you guys have you guys seen both the English version and the black American version of Death at a Funeral? I've only seen the English one. I, know, no. I was very confused about why there were two within a year or two of each other as well. Like it was not even a long time, right? Yeah, and Peter Dinklage plays the dwarf in both of them. That's funny. That in itself is hilarious, <laughs> but I don't know why. <laughs> Um, I don't, but the American version, yeah, completely does away with all the subtlety of it, um, and it's and it's just not, not not pleasant at all. I don't mind the idea of localizing certain movies for audience. Okay, so the original was two thousand seven, and the remake was two thousand ten. So there was a three year gap. I don't hate right. necessarily the idea of that. Specifically, a good example I've seen. Have you guys seen um, Wreck? And have you guys seen Quarantine? The two found footage films. No. So, Wreck is a Spanish. Oh yes, I, yeah, I remember Quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Quarantine's the remake, but they don't remake. It's weird. It's Not almost me. shot for shot in some points, but it's there are some extra bits in it. But it's the same exact story, except Wreck is in Spanish. So when you watch it as an American audience member or Australian or whatever, you have subtitles because all the characters are speaking Spanish. That's the right. so they redid a very like there are minor minor differences between the two, but they, because in um in Wreck, it ends up being um, more akin to demon possession and occult reasons, whereas in Quarantine, it ends up being more like medical reasons. Now, I'm not saying either one's better or worse, but there are differences in that regard. And, and for a Spanish audience, I think going the religious route was a really good move because typically you've got a lot of Catholics in that, in that particular oh. group. They're both fine. Wreck is better in my opinion, but that's because I... I get sucked into those movies when I have to read subtitles and because it's a scary movie like that, I'm forced to live through it all. Whereas quarantine, I can just fuck off and not pay attention. But I can see why you would do a remake if you think there's a really good idea that will not get exposed to a different market. So... Are the is the American audience as a whole going to watch a movie that's you know an hour and a half long and they have to do subtitles for? Some people definitely will, but you'll get more for an English remake. Absolutely. Yeah. Death at a fucking yeah. funerals in English. That's this is the part that gets me. I'm like, why? It's in English and it's not even like it's not even like subtle British comedy. It's just regular comedy. I do not have any idea why this needed to be remade, especially so soon. Well, after. you know, black people have funerals. What was that? They are, everyone has funerals. That's fine. It's just, oh, anyway. <laughs> um, it's just it's a universal story, really. Apparently. <laughs> and like, and if you watch between the two, even on IMDb, the English version, which has less, obviously less people would have seen because just 
films in the UK tend to get seen less than films in the US. It's a 7.4, whereas Death at a Funeral, the remake's a 5.7. Like, it's... It's awful. Because it's the same It's the same script. All they did was change the words to be specific to black humour. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. And I'll say, good actors in it, though. It's got Keith David, Dinklage, oh, yeah. like we said, Danny Glover, Kevin Hart, Martin Lawrence, Tracy Morgan, Chris Rock, Zoe Zaldana. It's a fucking stacked cast for a film that shouldn't yeah. have existed. And <laughs> it, just doesn't, it just doesn't work for, for, for that cast with that audience in that style. Absolutely does not work. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Speaking of which, yep. cats. <laughs> we dodged that bullet. Number 25. People wanted us to review this, and I was like very trepidatious with doing it. And um, you're all welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for this not no. happening. They can go to the other reviews because they've said everything that we can't. Yep. Um, we'll blast on through because there's a couple of trash ones that we wouldn't have even seen here. But Baby Geniuses, any comments? No? No, I know that through the Nostalgia Critic Review, which yeah. is bloody entertaining. But the movie moving. itself is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, date movie number 23 which is another one of those scary movie rips uh, Meet the Spartans which was a 300 version of the same thing Race 3 which appears to be a Bollywood I, film I actually went to, to the cinema to see Meet the Spartans so did I and I was <laughs> I was horribly disappointed because it's so short it's like 70 minutes yep yep I, and I felt cheated I felt oh. cheated on the time I mean it's a, it's a shitty movie but I was expecting that but I felt cheated because there wasn't the extra, you know, ten or twenty minutes that I was that would make it worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. You want to you go into a garbage movie. You want ninety minutes of garbage, not not to be uh-huh. changed. And I think they, I, I think the actual movie is only like sixty five minutes because they make up the extra five in like outtakes and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those rubbish things. So <laughs> next we hit movie uh, number 20. So we are getting down there. Glitter starring Mariah Carey. That's as far as I'm willing to go with that Ooh. film. Um, uh. <laughs> it's called a vanity project, but you come out looking pretty fucking ugly. Um, <laughs> we've also got Jiggly. G- Jiggly? Am I saying it right? Um, oh, the old tanking uh, of, of two Koreans in one film. Yep. I was like, you know, the first uh, character assassination of Ben Affleck. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. What was, what was that even about? Larry Jiggly is assigned by a crime boss to kidnap the brother of prominent district attorney. A beautiful woman known only as Ricky is sent to stay with him to make sure he doesn't mess up the job. Yep. Okay. <laughs> now. Ah, she's, so they fall in love, but she's a lesbian. Right, I get it. He did that movie, and it was way better when Kevin Smith wrote it. This is terrible, guys. I'm looking at the next film, and I don't know what to tell you, but it looks like a student film, and I'm going to... I just want to... It's called Daniel the Wizard, but I want to just read the fucking plot because it's yeah. it's wild. Evil assassins want to kill Daniel Kublok. Wait, oh no. Kublok, sure. The third runner-up for the German idols. Is this a film that was made about the third-place contestant from, like, the... German Idol singing contest? That's what it sounds like. That's how you described it. That's fucking crazy. Also, it looks like like it looks like room quality shots. Like it actually no, the mm. room looks better. And I don't mean that 
as like a, a slight joke. It actually looks like it was filmed on a webcam. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah. Dragon Ball. I've seen this one. Yeah, it looks not great. Yeah. You could say it was bad. Um, did you ever see you this could. one? I certainly should. I, I'd be inclined to say that, actually. What about you, Andrew? You seen this one? Never seen it. I've never seen anything Dragon Ball apart from when we did, uh, was it Detective Pikachu? No. That's not related to, I mean, it's, that, that's an anime pro, uh, thing that was turned into live action, but that's about as far as that goes. Like same country, still Japan. What did we review with Mew? Because that's Dragon Ball, isn't it? No, Mew was, was Pokemon. That's Pokemon as well. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. I can't even tell the difference between them. That's how much I know about it. Well, Dragon Ball is a series of like, I guess like fighters, like Kung Fu fighters and shit, like with like special powers. It works pretty well as an anime or as a manga. Um, The movie, unfortunately, it's not, it was bad in the sense that it's, it didn't really do well by the source material, but it was also bad just because it was a bad movie. (laughs) That's the easiest way to put that. Um. It stars Justin Chatwin, who was the annoying son in War of the Worlds that ran off to join the military. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ernie Hudson plays a, a Japanese elder who teaches the main character a magic power in it. Oh, nice, yeah. There's got yeah, Yun, Yun Fat Chow, who's fucking fantastic martial artist, just not in this movie. And James Masters, who plays you know, Spike in the, in the Buffy season, series. Like, it's got some okay people in it. It's just, it's messy and insulting. Yon Fat Chow, was that the guy in Crouching Tiger? He's one of them, I believe. Top of my head. I'll double check. Okay. He's been in a lot of stuff, so it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint him because he's all throughout. He's really tall, isn't he? I don't he's think a really he's, tall guy. I don't remember him being particularly tall, is he? Oh, okay. He is oh, okay. Crouching Tiger, though. Is Yeah, he was in that one. Um, but he's... He's a particularly good martial artist. Like he, you're obviously not as well known right. as the Adam Sandlers and stuff. But um, can I ask a favor for you guys? The next film is called Going Overboard, and it is an early Adam Sandler film. I just mm-hmm. want you to see what I'm seeing. So if you can click over on the poster for me and get a get a big yeah. view of that poster where Adam Sandler's overboard the ship. Yeah, and I want you to click along to the right until you can find an alternate poster of Adam Sandler standing on a um on the deck of a ship with some floaties on his arms and he's shrugging. Oh, yeah. You guys can see that poster? Got it. Now, I want yeah. you just to, just to observe how low his nipples are because they're very low <laughs> in this very badly Photoshopped picture and I don't understand why. What is they, they certainly do, they do appear to be quite low, yeah. Like his nipples are effectively starting at just a tiny, like an inch above his stomach. Like there's no gap. <laughs> and he's, I don't this get it. Adam Sandler, like, 23 years old, he wouldn't have been bad looking. You wouldn't need to Photoshop it. You could just take a photo of his body. It would have been fine. Yep. Maybe he had some weird nipples and they had to fix it up, but they couldn't. <laughs> um, can someone else speak on number 15? I actually have never seen it, despite its infamy. You've never seen it? I don't like the Dutch this angles. I don't like the Dutch angles. It's an incredible movie, Seb. You need to watch it. You need to experience it. It is, it is golden trash is what it is. Can I experience it drunk or it, do I need to be sober? <laughs> drunk helps. Good. Drunk okay. is fun. And, and, if you, and if you watch it in a, in a group of people who 
either haven't seen it at all or love it, you'll have a great time. Okay. It's it is it is terrifically camp. Uh, it's John Travolta being way over the top, which is what he's unfortunately known for now. <laughs> and it's just a ridiculous premise all round. It is so entertaining. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. It sounds terrible. It sounds like I would have a better time oh, watching June, and I'm sure I would because June's not on this list. But that's a long ass movie. Because, <laughs> oh God, it's so long. All right. We'll move on. It's short uh, and it's got some great moments in it. Yeah. I don't think I've even heard of the next three. <laughs> I've heard of the number 13, but I've not heard of 14 or 12. But um, yeah, what the fuck? 14 from Justin to Kelly, which is a 2003 musical romantic comedy um, uh, starring Kelly Clarkson. There we go. Found out why it's here. Oh, okay. Skip. Never mind. Pass. So, Alone in the Dark is the next one. This is the one I have heard of, and it's another Uwe Boll um, film that's a redo of uh, the Alone in the Dark um, horror series, which is a video game franchise. And it actually stars Christian Slater, Stephen Dorff as well, and Tara Reid. So there are people that you would know by name in this. Um, right. But effectively, yeah, it's about a detective. Well, the, the description is a detective of the paranormal slowly unravels a mysterious events um, with deadly results, but effectively it's like there's an evil cult doing things in the background and the detective's working it out. It's shockingly as low down on this list that it is, I would say it is one of the better ones of Uwe Boll's collection. And that's unfortunate <coughs> that it's this low because it's this one I would say is almost watchable. And I mean that as a compliment. Oh God. Well, there you go. The next one is weird. Yeah, next one is in space. Turks in Space, I'm, I was just reading the uh, the comments about it. I mean, it's a, it's a Turkish film. Um, Never would have The storyline is a family of Turks try to adapt to life in a new solar system. Apparently, it's a sequel made 25 years after the original with no other connection between them other than the one antagonistic character that's seen in five minutes for this one. Um, the critique of it <laughs> is same solid lack of storyline, same concrete example of not acting. (laughs) (laughs) And that the movie is nothing more than a shell. There's nothing inside it. It's uh, just a commercial thing using the name of a cult movie. And that's it. It was just some Turks trying to cash in on, on a bit of a cult classic. Imagine that's your claim to fame. That movie. That's gross. Um, (laughs) So it had a budget of $5 million. Jesus. Um, next one, number 11, epic movie. We know where we're going with this one. Once again, it is yep. the same people I that have... Do you remember this seeing that one? This one has Cal yeah. Penn in it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and Jennifer um, Coolidge, which I believe um, Stifler's mum that we just spoke about. in oh, uh, Stifler's mum, yeah. We're going to be talking about next week in um, Night at the Roxbury. And Crispin Jeez. Glover as Willy Wonka. Oh, my God. <laughs> um. And we've hit the bottom 10, guys. Oof. The home stretch. Yep. Son of number the mask. <laughs> yep, number 10. Son of the mask. Jamie Kennedy. He's awful in it. Jamie Kennedy. He's awful, He's awful in, in general. <laughs> Why do I know Jamie Kennedy? Uh, He's been in like a few movies. He had like a TV show uh, like in the early 2002. 
Wasn't oh, he the nerdy it's guy? Randy. He was also in yeah, in Scream. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. I like him in Scream. He's like my favorite character. Yeah, he's really good in that. And then like everything he did afterwards was a bit, uh, yeah, just you know, <laughs> it is what it is. God, just looking through the pictures of this movie, it looks fucked it's up. Not a hard pass. Um, <laughs> number nine. Yeah, it's not good. Pledge this. So I'm going to have to read this one because I'm not familiar, but. At South Beach University, a beautiful sorority president takes in a group of unconventional freshman girls seeking acceptance into their house. Starring Paris Hilton. I mean, it's, it's lead star is Paris Hilton. I think that says it all. Yep. Um, <laughs> and the worst part is I can't even name anyone else that's in this film to know who was like the veteran that seconded it to make sure it was fine. No one. Right. <laughs> Have you guys heard of it before? Pledge this? Have you, have you heard that title before? I've heard the title, but... I have, yeah. I've heard of it. Nope, that's the first time I'm seeing it. I can actually talk about this next one with a bit of depth. So the next one is House of the Dead. Now, guys, hear me. Stop me if you've heard this before. It is a video game adaption done by famous German director Uwe Boll. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one is kind of what him, again. him on the map because this movie is actually... Almost, and it's not not intentional. He actually, if you if you listen to him, he will say that it was intentional, but it wasn't. That this film is genuinely hilarious. It's actually a very good laugh. You could, it's for me. I have to watch comedies with people, but this is in the point where I could watch this without people and still laugh. They actually re-released this film with a funny version, like specifically <laughs> where like they add like laugh tracks and extra sound effects and things on no screen. No way. Really? Really. Um, because this film is like that. Anyway, it's a, you guys know House of the Dead? It's like Time Crisis. It's those, it's those arcade games where you've got the physical yeah. gun. Yeah, That's the it. game it's based off. Um, but honestly, if we ever review this, guys, we need to do a group viewing of it. Like everyone come to my house, we'll get some beers <laughs> and we have to watch this movie as a team because if you That'd watch it at home, we'll all hate it. <laughs> That's it. Um, uh-huh. But I think that might be, if we're lucky, the last. And what's actually funny is, while I said the um, his last film that we spoke about, um, Alone in the Dark, was probably one of his better films, this is probably easier to watch because it is genuinely hilarious. But the fact that it's so low on the <laughs> list is the confusing part because you'd think just by pure so good it's bad, sorry, so bad it's good, it would be up more because I'd be ranking it a little bit higher because I did laugh. But it is what it is. Uh, so I was just looking everywhere. I don't think I've seen any of the remaining movies. Oh, no. Number seven is Saving Christmas, and that's Kirk Cameron on his Jesus Crusade. Um, Kirk Cameron, who was in Growing Pains, which wasn't a bad show, had a very strong Christian message. Kirk Cameron ended up um, uh, partnering with uh, Ray, what's his name? Ray, Ray Comfort um, mm-hmm. for his for his church. And has worked with um, with him on converting people. They they had the, the the famous banana film. Remember that the banana thing? Like the banana is evidence for God because it fits perfectly in the hand and it you know fits in the mouth and you know, all that rubbish. So this is essentially just a, a, a Christian conversion film showing people that Jesus is important in in Christmas and not the commercial stuff. That is. I don't know why that's so surprising, yeah. but I find that really gross. I, I like, yeah. yeah, that's 
Okay, gross. Yep, skip. Um, so next on the list, number six, the hottie and the naughty. I have heard of this one, actually. I don't know why. Oh, really? It's another Paris Hilton film. <laughs> Why this one came to mind. Oh my God. A woman agrees to go on a date with a man only if he finds a suitor for her unattractive best friend. Uh, now let's see the poster. That's why I know this one. That is not fun. Who's, who's the poor girl who plays the Ugo in this one? Oh, of course, she's naturally very pretty now that you see her like on the red carpet, which is shocking that this film even had that. Um, is she wearing glasses? Though? Because we all know if you wear glasses, you're not pretty. No, they've given her like a like a bunch of acne, terrible teeth, and what looks to be almost like a monobrow that is only separated by the fact that there is a massive pimple in between her eyebrows. <laughs> she looks like um, Olga Gulukovic, for whatever her name is from um, Dodgeball. <laughs> uh huh. Um, Birdemic, surely uh, number five. You guys have heard of Birdemic. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Oh, it's fun. So, Birdemic, Shock and Terror is um, done by James Newen. He wrote it and uh, directed it as well. Um, but I will say, it's just like from the visionary writer slash director, James Newen. It is an environmental movie. So, effectively, the best way I've heard this pitched is, it's like this person was like, I'm going to make Alfred Hitchcock's birds. But then before writing their version of that, they also went and saw The Inconvenient Truth and decided to blend them together. So effectively, the film is about birds rising up against people and taking them out because they're ruining the environment. And I don't mind a message here and there in my film. This is very ham-fisted, but it's also shot oh, yeah. on a potato, so it looks terrible. <laughs> and it's one of those films, like, they don't know certain things don't need to be on camera. So they'll literally take, you know, five minutes to show this person getting into their car, driving to the gas station, filling up at the gas station, paying the attendant, going and driving to work, getting out of their car, and then sitting down and then working. Jesus. Like, they don't realize. And, and then there's probably more of a runtime issue than anything. Um, because the film oh, there was an hour forty five. You could have cut, but effectively, yeah, they didn't realize. No, you know what you can do if they need to have a scene at work. You just start with them at work during that scene. You know, you don't have to show how they got to work. We can we can imply that they got to work how people get to work, but they they did that sort of thing the entire time. And all of the birds that attack people look like they were edited by me. Like it's all. <laughs> it's literally all the birds are on the top layer of the footage and they are just like the actors are you know responding and you know attacking the birds back and stuff and the birds are just being composited over the top of that existing footage so they never physically interact with the scenes that they're in and they look like video game birds from the ps1 era that's the horror movie it's um what i would recommend if you guys have a familiar with the youtuber john tron go through, watch his review of it because it takes about 20 minutes and it's hilarious and it's better than the hour 45 of his actual film. Um, I like John John. Yeah, yeah, he's very good and this film is not. (laughs) Uh, Number four is Codename KOZ and it's a political propaganda film for the Erdogan um, uh, government in Turkey. Really? Yeah, it's it's, it's just a, a film trying to show in a positive light the corruption scandal that happened there in 2013. And the review, the one review that is there just says it's horribly acted, it has horrible quality, 
and it's just a classic propaganda film where there's no truth. It's just the government trying to spin in any way that they can, and it's just a waste of time. Oh, good. Love me a propaganda film. It's almost like people don't like having Christ or lies pitched to them in movies, and they just want some entertainment instead. Right. Isn't, that, isn't that strange <laughs> with this last little bit? Literally, the last three movies were like fucking propaganda, environmentalist messages, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> like That's right. So I, take message, Hollywood. We're not interested in political films. We don't mind. I don't mind occasionally something minor like like Dark Knight Rises. Let's throw in some classism issues. That's fine because there was a, there was more of a plot behind it. But yeah, that's true. It's not it's not heavy handed. Yeah. Yes, like I don't mind a message here and there. If it's if it, well, I say message, I don't mind a theme here or there. It's when you're trying to pitch me your ideals, and I'm like, fuck off. Now, sorry, I, I should correct that. We want political films because we want good stories. We don't want politics in films. Yes, and yeah. I think Kathleen Kennedy with the new trilogy of Star Wars proves that. I just think those movies failed because all Star Wars movies are bad, but that's fine. Well, yeah, that's essentially true. Um, The next film I'm only familiar with because of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which I've watched, which I love. Oh, yeah. Um, But Manos, The Hands of Fate. So it's a horror movie from 66. I've never heard of that. Yeah. A family gets lost on the road and stumbles upon a hidden underground devil-worshipping cult led by the fearsome master and his servant. Torgo, it's a yeah, it's a it's a classic fucking. That sounds B movie. like a good concept. It's just a. I love watching B movie horrors and B movie like sci fi's. So for me, this is actually. I mean, I would not recommend anyone to watch this, but it's entertaining in its own right. It's just bad, and it's a particularly bad one for that subgenre of of B movies. Um, but we've got our final two. So please, somebody take the first one. We're down, down to the wire. The second to last, the second worst movie on IMDb, we have Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. I did not know that there was a Super Baby, Baby Geniuses 1. So okay. we're, we're one step away from that. Um, well, poster is, poster is interesting. Was that guys? Baby Geniuses is what we just did that one, didn't we? Isn't that on this list? It may have been. I'll drop a check. It's been so long that I've yeah. had to Baby Geniuses was number 24. Uh, it was, like, yeah, number 24. It was yeah, really right, shadowed by cats. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they so- stepped it up in the second, and the second one was, you know, a good 20 times worse. Well, this movie does star John Voight and Scott Bayo. So. <laughs> Motherfucker, is he back? We've also got Justin Chatwin as well. Goku from Dragon Ball Evolution. He's cropping up a bunch of these ones. You know what I'm surprised we haven't seen on this list? What? Yeah. Movie 43. Was it not? Maybe it wasn't. That's a really, really good point, actually. Because I really like it. I, I, don't re- I don't recall it being in the 50 to 100 either, actually. No. But it, I, can, I can see why it would belong. It has a rating of 4.3, so it's actually quite high for a bad film. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm surprised it's rated that, that highly. I thought most people hated this film, uh, but I actually quite like it. No, number one is not uh, Movie 43, and it's unfortunately not anything particularly 
oh, yeah. memorable or good, it's disaster movie. Which I mean, uh, out of, of all their movies to rank the worst film of all time, at least it's got the right title for that role. Like, <laughs> it's literally called yeah. Disaster Movie. <laughs> Absolutely true. Over the course of one evening, group of 20-somethings find themselves bombarded by a series of natural disasters and catastrophic events. Oh, God. Yeah. Starring Kim Kardashian West. Oof, Kim Kardashian, Carmen Electra. What else we got in this piece of shit? Got Tony Cox. No one else whose names I recognize. Yep. No. It's just a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> Who's responsible? Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. Uh, have a look. Yep. So, Meet the Spartans, Epic Movie, Disaster Movie, Vampire Suck. All of those were there. <laughs> oh, no. The current movie on the l- top of the oh, list. Oh, no way. Yeah. I'm Aaron- looking here. They're, they're, like, credited for the first scary movie, which is pretty good. Can I point out that they are how, both how, how attached? How wide so far? They are both attached to a film. It doesn't have a release date because, I mean, nothing's going to at the moment. Star Worlds, episode oh, 14. Lord. Actually, what does E mean in Roman numerals? Uh, good question. Well, it's Star Wars episode 34E equals MC squared. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, who went rogue. So, Andrew, you have that to look forward to. Good Lord. Yep. Oh, no. The synopsis on the Twitter, oh, sorry, on this thing is, from the hacks who are so irrelevant, they don't even have pictures on IMDb or anywhere, come to less exploit of a genre beaten like a dead horse. Witness the obvious lack of effort through through a script that puts putting people in horrible costumes of the most popular movies at the time and then kicking them in the balls or putting them through bad slapstick still somehow funny. They'll, this is the official storyline. Um, they'll also cast amateur D-list comedy actors who fail in their demo reels for Saturday Night Live and just need something for the bills. And the movie will be so dated by <laughs> pop culture references that you'll forget about the film literally seconds out of seeing it. That's funny. Like these guys could even get the film a film back into the movie theaters again. But anyways, come see an, an insulting pile of filth when it hits your local dumpster. Now, So they've become self-aware. Yes, so this could be their greatest accomplishment ever. <laughs> Wait, I think they've been self-aware the whole time. Oh. Being honest about it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? Points for honesty. I'll, I'll watch it. Actually, guys, I want to read through the trivia of this film because I do believe that this is just being blitzed by people and it's all fake and it's very funny. Trivia number one. This is literally the worst thing imaginable. Film number two. Filmed with a baked potato. Three. <laughs> Kylo Ren will be played by a bucket of cheese. <laughs> Not even Netflix would greenlight this. The the directors of this film are living evidence that humans can survive without their brains. Oh, God, there's a a lot of these, and I do think they're all pretty good. Sorry. Um, Ray will be played by Jennifer Coolidge, a.k.a. Stiffman. Yep, will be released onto 4chan and (laughs) Tinder. (laughs) <laughs> deluxe edition dvd includes never before seen lightsaber farting and a parody of everything combined at once oh man i was hoping this would be real now i feel like it's just a big joke okay well, well 
like most intelligence films. confirmed so far include Snooky, Donald Trump, Joseph Stalin, Oprah, Rob Schneider, every Scientologist actor, the entire fandom menace, <laughs> the original Sonic movie design. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, I really wish this was real, but I feel like they've just been bomba- like has it just been hacked or something? All these guys just have like a genuinely good sense of humor when writing it all, like submitting it all in. But I mean, IMDb can be edited by anybody with certain permissions. But you can dream, right? Right, we can dream. Well, I'm glad that a race to the bottom of the bottom 100 ended on this delightfully pleasant note. Yep, yep. If you want. <laughs> I think if that's a great to way to go. Yeah, if you want a good laugh, read the trivia on Star World episode 34 equals MC squared, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Who Went Rogue. Oh, <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for that. Oh, God, that was a that, that broke me a little bit. Um, we'll be back <laughs> on Monday for our review of A Night at the Roxbury, and then that following Wednesday for the Variety Hour. Um, apart, apart from jumping into socials, anyone want to say anything or are we good to wrap this one up? I think we're good. On Instagram at Second Take Podcast or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Get at the Facebook page on facebook.com forward slash Second Take. You can also get my personal Twitter at Jordan MSPP. Yep, and you can tweet me at Bastion underscore James. Uh, jump onto our website, secondtakepodcast.com, or email us at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. Or if I like to support the show, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash secondtake. So back on Monday for Night at the Roxbury, what could possibly go wrong? What will happen is we will get sued for all the all the licensed music in that trailer. The real question, yeah. Seb, is what is love? Oh, good <laughs> God. Have a, have a lovely day, everyone. Bye. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugera people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.